0: Welcome to this Poets at War special report on artificial intelligence with Jason Farley of Lore.TV. Now to the trenches. I don't
1: remember
2: <laughs> doing much targeting of Angel. We've, we've, we poked fun at the Chosen's, um failure of nerve when they did the chosen sucks campaign
3: mm-hmm. i yeah, think that's that,
2: the, well, that might be the only time we even mentioned the chosen because we're all kind of in this wait and see mode yeah. like so far it's been pretty good are they gonna keep it up and i, I you know you don't yeah. want to be caught sure. with your pants down also
1: wing feather saga you, yeah. good gracious they, they've been hitting it out of the park with that
2: have they i haven't gotten to see that i loved the books but i yeah. and i knew that they were working on the animation and but they is did it, the whole first season. Now?
4: Yeah, it, the whole first season's it, it, out, man. Entire, yeah, the whole first the whole first <laughs> season is out, and it's really good. They changed a couple of things that I personally think are a bit weird as far as names go in the first like section that they did. But other than that, it was pretty good. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, changes excellent.
1: for TV yeah. for making it more episodic, less chaptery. Yeah, that's really what it is.
2: So, what's <laughs> it, so? But I'm exactly the kind of person that they're looking for and the fact that their marketing hasn't ever reached me. Mm-hmm. I agree is, with that. Is amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. I I They're shooting more Russell Moore than you. Are they?
1: Yes. They're shooting more toward the, yeah. the milk milk toast evangelical crowd. Yeah. Which I think is completely wrong considering the fact that all of the uh the Lord of the Rings <laughs> readers are the backbone of this thing and they're yeah. all the mm-hmm.
2: conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that that they complain a lot more in my limited but now real experience. <laughs> hey,
1: What's that? The Lord of the Rings people?
2: <laughs> well, just like the the yeah conservative conservative Lord of the Rings Christians are incredibly opinionated, <laughs>
3: right?
5: right. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh so, yeah, they
2: are. Absolutely. Uh, but so with something like the Daily Wire. Um, you know, I, we, uh, the, I remember going, I I remember we had some stuff about them them having their first three movies with female action stars. Mm -hmm. Um,
4: yeah. The the Gina Carano. uh, Yeah. The
2: Gina Carano uh, one. And which I never
4: run high fight and shut in.
2: Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's setting Mm up, it's brand 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 uh awareness <laughs> awareness setting your brand up and things like that um i you know i would love for the daily wire to do better um and i'm hopeful that their new bent key mm-hmm. um stuff that they do a good job They i know the guy that is overseeing it and he's he's a real he's really good really good dude um and i'm you know I'm, i just in kind of wait and see mode on that the uh um you know they they chose to make snow white. I hope that I hope they do a good job. We'll mm-hmm. see there's
5: well, would just... they are saying that they're trying to stick to the original source material, yeah it like, can be that, great or, going back well,
1: it to can the, be good. that's the thing <laughs> like three, if you understand uh, what it means then you'll do good. If you're woodenly Mm. following that, that story, it's not only going to come off as flat, it's going to come off as pagan. (laughs) (laughs) I think,
2: I think what's going to be interesting is like this. They did Jeremy's razors. Right. Then Jeremy's chocolate. Right. Now snow white. Right. It seems like (laughs) that's what I've been saying. They live in response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They live in reaction. Um, and yeah. uh, I'd love for them to break out of that. Um, I mean, we well we need also... folks like that to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I I have. I'm, I'm wary if they're going to be able to break out of it, but
1: so everything, I'm just clearing something up for, for records, per record purposes. Can I strike the record after you finish talking about Chris Savino and I can have talk to you some, at some point, everything about daily wire and everything we just kind of went through is cool, or do you want to strike that here and go from here or somewhere in between?
2: Oh, I you're open. I'm open. I don't care. Okay. I think what, sure. you know, whatever it, it might be, it might be, that might bore that section might bore people. Cause I don't have a, you know,
4: just Our <laughs> tens and tens of there's, listeners there's, have come to expect it. The,
2: <laughs> there's no axe, You know, if there's no axe to grind, you don't get much heat. That's the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, yeah. I, I
1: prefer little axe to grind, but that's me. Like I have, I have an ax to grind against those who are, have an ax to grind against Jesus. And that's about it. You know, <laughs> yep. so. Uh,
2: so yeah, <laughs> yeah, reminds me to tell you about uh access to grind once we get if we if we if whatever we start,
1: well, uh, well like we're mostly started. <laughs> let me let me just say, like, I wanted, oh, okay. I wanted to talk AI with you, and that's why I wanted to bring you on. And then Knox does Knox Unleashed on today <laughs> on AI, and I feel like I'm gonna burn you out, but um. Oh, Maybe we can get a little so, deeper than some of the stuff Knox was talking yeah. about, particularly in the area of artistry and and, and generative AI, because um, we have three slightly different views here, but we're mostly at least like we're not dead against any of it in any way, shape or form. Uh, I'll let them speak for themselves when time comes, but um, I'm Mr. All For It. I've been creating generative um, uh, uh, kind of Ken Burns style slideshows, storytelling with my poetry um, and have made a few of those. And it's just I'm, I'm trying to plot it, you know, just over a long period of time. And it, it, it comes and goes and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's been really fun and a good experiment in some basic animation stuff. And I can do more, but I'm trying not to go too far down that hole and make more quantity at the moment. Um, cause I have so much poetry that needs like serial epic poetry. You know me, I write stories in poetry. Right. And so I like, I have so much that I like, I want to make it all, but that's a tall order. <laughs> um, and so that's been, that's been fun. And, 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 I've had a lot of pushback from friend groups, people who are listening to the podcast, uh, uh, folks who've done art for me and continue to do art for me, um, uh, in various places, um, you know, oh, you're taking the jobs away from the artists kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, I never was paying you to begin with. We're still bartering, <laughs> you know, And then, like I never said, let's stop. Right. So like that, there's that. But then I, I, I it's 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 something that I've started to just kind of let slide off. But what what are your thoughts of specifically visual artists getting their jobs taken
2: away by visual A.I.? Well, I mean, one of the things that uh, I'm seeing is that if your art can be accomplished by AI, you probably need to work harder, right, at your craft. I mean, I I don't because I don't think it's a um, as as quite as simple as that. That if there isn't AI, then or that AI can do all the things right. that an. A, an artist can do. I just, mm-hmm. I just haven't seen that to be the case. When something is AI, you can tell. Mm-hmm. And there are mm-hmm. times when it's okay. you know, when you're settling, but you're, you're always settling for AI. It's not, um, it's never like, Oh, that's an, that, that is artistically, um, mm-hmm. pushing, you're pushing the boundaries and connecting me to my humanity and that sort of thing. I don't, I don't think it's, I haven't, I haven't that have, haven't had that sort of experience uh with ai is that it doesn't have the human uh that human feel that i think is important now i've used it for some things i um you know, we we make some we've made satirical uh satirical movie posters um you know that uh we the we we uh, f- there's a funny one um you know about uh kurt cameron versus cocaine bear yeah you know, some <laughs> s- some like you know that we so april fools we put out a bunch of like here's our here's the upcoming stuff from lore kurt cameron versus cocaine bear and you know things like that that i I think is it's a lot of fun right so there's fun to be had but you don't look at it and say like wow that was an incredible movie poster right Right? it's it it, and (laughs) the the medium the art fits the medium we uh but we also have done it for when we're you know when i'm pitching something um, I actually use AI to put together my pitch decks uh, because, but they're not. There's those aren't things that ever go out publicly. Those are right um, things that you're trying to help people get the feel of something. Um, you know, here's you so um, and so. There, I think there are uses for it artistically, um, but they are uses and art. The value of art is not in its use. Yes, and mm-hmm. um, AI is is use useful not art not Mm -hmm. art um so like we did the oh here's the here's the uh the axe to grind we we've got a uh movie that we're working on called the lesbian and the lumberjack
1: yes i'm excited for that one yeah
2: so it's about a woman who thinks she's a lesbian but it turns out she's just never met a real man right so it's a satirical rom-com good idea (laughs) yeah but so we it it, and so we used um ai to put together a a fake movie poster but you can tell you know from half half from a middle distance you can tell that's ai um but you know it gets the lesbian the lumberjack up there and she's uh she's got an axe to grind he's got an axe is the um is the uh the the, <laughs> the <Brandon's line>. reaction <laughs> right so i <laughs> love it So, (laughs) so you've got that, but but it's just a way of kind of putting it together. Like, hey, look, we can do this. This Is something Mm -hmm. we could do. We we wouldn't use AI for a real movie poster, right? um, Because it needs to be specific, and AI can't quite. It's not. I don't know if AI is ever going to be able to do. I mean, maybe it'll be able to do Mm -hmm. some of those things, but you know, we get we get a real movie poster designer, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and movie poster art in particular, I think is it is already kind of a dying thing yep. because it's it's expensive and it's from mm. the era when you would say like, oh, we've we're making a a twenty million dollar movie, so we've got twenty million dollars for advertising. And so we'll spend five grand on a movie poster. Which is just, mm. just well, not that's not the economy that we're working in at lore. Um but we want to be at some point and and uh those movie posters are that valuable
1: yeah brendan Mm -hmm. well
5: it's also it's also that um the entire landscape of how movies are consumed has changed Mm -hmm. movie posters were most often at movie theaters they were like upcoming things that you could see maybe they'd be elsewhere but now the majority of people get their stuff online
3: right where are you gonna Mm -hmm. see a
5: movie poster
3: yeah exactly
5: maybe on maybe maybe i guess scrolling through a feed if they put it as an advertisement thing but Mm -hmm. half the time if you're going to put a poster you might as well put a trailer
2: right right yeah well i remember when the black keys um dropped brother which i think is one of their best albums but their movie poster was the or the front of their uh, of what you know would have been a dvd cover or a cd cover you, the front of it you look at it like well that's not very good and then you realize oh it's because it's not going in a CD it's going they said hey streaming's the next thing this is going on iTunes which is what it was called at the time now it's Apple music mm-hmm. and it was just a square that was very distinctively black keys um, and that mm-hmm. was that was the whole point of it so they realized well the medium doesn't require a the cover for a cd anymore cuz nobody's buying a cd. Right. So yeah. and and you know the the hip hop artists were the ones that figured that out sooner than everyone else. Um and but then you know as everybody else caught up um i think the same thing's going on with streaming. You know you don't really need a full movie poster. Um but there's also some of that is just laziness like mm-hmm. uh, the the thing that drives me the most nuts right. Now, I watch a lot of pilot episodes for TV shows the thing that drives me nuts is the when you start with a close up of whoever the famous actor or actress is like a close up on their face that's just lazy yeah because but you know okay i'm not going to be able to connect him to the story but i'll connect him to this this familiar face right <laughs> exactly so they're like oh familiar you know a familiar face close up of julia roberts um i'm going to watch this yeah um i and if, if that's the first shot i don't keep watching i just because i know that it's Mm -hmm. gonna be bad Mm because they don't have they don't have the things you actually need to connect to the story and so they have chosen instead to try to connect you to a familiar face and um Mm -hmm. that's just lazy storytelling
1: alex did you have some stuff yeah
4: yeah do you think that that was a problem with the era that we're like moving out of now with uh movie stars do you think that that goes back to where you would go see the newest Tom Cruise movie because Tom Cruise was in it? He's like the last movie star. But you used to do that with Will Smith or Julia Roberts, you mentioned, or George Clooney. You would go see the George Clooney movie because it had him in it. Was yeah. is this was this a problem then as well? well I think that
2: th- that was what the movie poster did, right? Mm-hmm. So you But now they know that the, you've got 30 seconds or a minute and a half mm-hmm. to connect people um and so you, you've got great openings to tv shows like the patriot um the tv show not the movie but the patriot is a it's like the greatest opening scene in a pilot uh, maybe mr robot is up there as well with a great opening scene for a pilot but you've got these that that they connect you to the world and the story really well with an opening scene um instead of saying well what 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 would our movie poster look like? Let's start with that shot. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but I do. I think we are moving a little bit out of the, the realm of the movie star. I don't think it's going to go away completely. I think we're layering other influencers on top of it. I think mm-hmm. they're called stars because our cosmology is so inverted that <laughs> we're looking for something to order our life by. And so we pick celebrities and we call them, they're the stars that guide us. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Uh, so I, I but i think we're moving out of that world um but it it's not going to go away um but the fact that you know now the the content in in the year 1999 there were more professional basketball players than professional screenwriters you know professional hmm. tv writers it's just but now there there's I don't know, probably 10 times as much. I have to do the math, but there's probably 10 yeah. times as much content that puts put out. There's not that many great stars. There's not that many great actors, right? As you can yeah. tell from, you know, as things come out, there's just not as many great actors. Um, there's always been a limited number of that. Uh, so the, you, uh, and, and I don't think it's like a back-in-my-day type of situation. I think it's just yeah. the the ability to create content has widened. And so mm-hmm. instead of having, this is where movie stars come from, this is where sports stars come from. And you know, I think now you've got a whole, uh, there's a whole new democratization of the celebrity industry that I think is yeah. going to be better in the long run.
5: Well, it's a democratization. You think it's going to be better?
1: What'd you say, Brendan?
5: It's a democratization of entertainment overall. Yeah, YouTube. I think so. YouTube is mm-hmm. like. A, um, I was watching a guy. I say watching. I was listening to a guy, and he said. That's the other thing that's you don't changed. <laughs> go to YouTube. Uh, like, like, you can start watching a YouTube channel because you like the specific content that they're doing at the time. You keep watching the YouTube t- channel because you like the person doing it.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
5: You know, so if a guy. Mm-hmm play gets his fame by playing a specific game you might keep watching him even if he moves away from that game that you're interested in because mm-hmm. you like his personality right yeah you know? yeah and that's not like a star thing because the whole point of a movie star yeah they might be a great actor like Anthony Hopkins or mm-hmm. Don Connery or you know they might be great actors but you're not getting to know them for their personality because they're yeah. they're in a movie they're inherently not playing their personality.
4: Yeah. Right. You're getting to know them for their craft, their skill.
5: Yeah. And I think that... uh, Sorry, the last point that I want to make before we jump back to Alex. I think that there is not only a democratization because of the landscape in terms of, oh, now anybody can get access to the tools to make stuff, but also there's sort of this desire of a bunch of people like every, everybody and their mother can make a movie. So everybody and their mm-hmm. mother wants to make a movie and not everybody and their mother should make a movie.
3: <laughs> right. So the,
5: the, 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 it's not just a flood of people with bad worldview. It's a flood of people with bad worldview and no skill.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So,
1: so Alex, you were saying you think that's going to be better, right? Jason, like th- th- did you have more that you wanted to add to that to set up the question, mm-hmm. Alex? Yeah,
4: just a little bit. So
0: hold it for one moment, Alex. We need to take a break to talk about our friends and sponsors. Attention, all Christian writers and creative peoples. Are you searching for a place to share your work and receive encouragement from fellow wordsmiths? Look no further than the Broodcast, inspired by the legendary inklings of old, a group of writers who banded together during the Second Great War. The Broodcast is your monthly gathering for inspiration, fellowship, and critique. Join us as we share our stories and support our fellow soldiers on our creative missions. Enlist in the Broodcast community today at joshuadavidling.com brood. Travel cyberspace. Serve the greatest cause. Join the ranks of the Brood today.
1: Imagine if you had everything Tolkien ever wrote. Well, you can't have his, but you can have mine. The Ling Lyricanium is $10 a month and you can find it at joshuadavidling.com LL. That's joshuadavidling.com LL.
6: I'm Ian Wilson and I create graphic art using primarily traditional methods, supplementing with digital where it's needed. I use a real pen, a real paper, a real graphite to make my art. I like to feel my art. I've always been this way. I love the feeling of a pen or pencil in my hand, the sound of graphite scratching paper, and I love the sight of a nice black line making its way across the page. So why choose traditional art over digital? Traditional art has an organic, natural quality that seems to be missing from most digital illustrations. The illustrated books and comics that were made in the days before digital have an excellence and staying power that is just as vibrant now as it was decades ago. These are the stories that stay with you, Dr. Seuss, Winnie the Pooh, Where the Wild Things Are. People still read these. I'm currently working on my own graphic novel series, Legend of the Swordbearer, and I've also had the privilege to draw graphics for two motion comic series, along with illustrations for a small magazine, Logosophia Magazine, and various book covers. Don't let traditional art fade into the dust. Help me keep it alive. You won't regret it. Visit my website at ianthomaswilson.com for more info.
0: And now back to the trenches with Jason Farley on Poets at War. Uh,
4: I think that the most important video on YouTube right now is a video called Bo Burnham versus Jeff Bezos. I brought it up on Poets at War before. Uh, But it is about transhumanism, uh, social media, and the effect of both of those influences on the human soul. By effectively an atheist. Very interesting video. But he has one line in there where he says, at some point there were famous people and normal people. And then the floor fell out with the invention of social media. And now it's a continuum that starts on one end with Kim Kardashian. And there's a ladder that everybody is on. And that's where it is. So everybody is on that ladder now. And it starts with you and ends with Kim Kardashian. Do you think that that is good because you said that the democratization is good and i tend to agree with that but do you think that having everybody on the ladder of fame like it seems like a new version of the chain of being
2: it's probably a it it would be some sort of existentially in the experience of it in some sort of chain of uh, of chain of human of you know who, who's but it's importance so it's ec, you know economic um chain of being rather than necessarily an ontological chain of being or something but mm. i i don't think that that is actually a different thing um you, you we just have a uh the the ability to move up and down it has changed so it's always been okay. there's always been kind of an economic chain from the top to the bottom um but what is valued um shifts and changes what can be monetized has shifted and changed mm-hmm. but i think it's the same thing you know um i remember the you know i had the i the that moment of realization um it was when my kids were heading off to college and you know, thinking through these things when you realize the ability to get, and it was what happened was MIT were the first, it was the first college to record their entire degree and put it up available for free. So anybody could go get the MIT education. Mm-hmm. But, they, but they knew people would still pay for it because you can't get the MIT connections,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? So you yeah. go to college, not just to get the, you go to an Ivy League school, for example, not just mm. to get the education, because you can actually get the education at your local. Um, Let's we'll
1: see what he's Yeah, exactly. Him, yeah. You can,
2: <laughs> you can get your, you can get the education at your local library, um, for two fifty in late fees. What what you can't get is the connections. So you know, yeah. I'm a big, I, I'm a, a student, students of comedy. I don't even know how to put it. I read a lot on the on comedy and the, and the business side of comedy, but also the history of comedy. And there will be places that put out a series of comedians. And, um, and I know because I work in the industry, I know that it's not because they were all the best comedians, but because they were friends. Um, you know mm-hmm. they they all worked together on the national on the uh, on the harvard lampoon and so one of them gets a job and he they're like hey we need a couple more writers and he says oh let me call my old roommates from college right the connections mm-hmm. got them the job and a lot of, and a lot of them were great comedy writers too right you don't get the job mm-hmm. without also being a great comedy writer but you don't get the opportunity or you you used to not be able to get the opportunity if you were living in the middle of Ohio in a small town, mm-hmm. it didn't matter if you're the funniest person in your small town, you didn't have any connections, right? Which yeah. is why comedians used to drive to L.A. and they would sleep in their cars on Sunset Strip to be able to meet the people that had the connections, right? To be able to make the connections. Um, and and mm-hmm. th- but those stories have gone away because, and not not I mean. I'm sure there's some of them still going on and you will hear about them eventually, but now you don't need the gatekeepers anymore Mm -hmm. right now with a little bit of knowledge and a consistently good content. Um, you can lift yourself into the industry. Into the entertainment industry because okay. the entertainment industry, the moneta- the monetizable aspects of the entertainment industry have been democratized. So that's what I mean by I think it, it's okay. a, a positive influence because yeah. I I don't think um, I mean I I don't think that um, it's generally good for I, I one of the I the hmm I grew up with a distinct experience of the difference between my private person and my public person. Mm -hmm. You know, you put on a persona, you go to high school, Mm -hmm. you act a certain way. That distinction has gone away and it's going to lead to a lot of existential issues for people Mm -hmm. as they experience their own life. And they are, Mm -hmm. they, but I think it's just an opportunity for the gospel. You know, every crack Mm -hmm. uh, that are, that, um leaks out leaks in too right so mm-hmm. if if the uh the cracks in the psyche um that open up because of that I, are become places for, to pour the gospel through so um and that that's that's how i got saved so
1: yeah i another thing that i think is positive for artists in particular uh particularly ones with with offbeat personalities um is the fact that and Joshua,
5: i wonder why you're bringing this up well i i
1: i would <laughs> say that um honestly because the internet has opened up so many people to so many different kinds of people um it's mm-hmm. it's way less strange for someone to come across me and go uh oh does he fit into one of the 80s high school boxes Right, Like they, they, mm-hmm. they go, OK, uh, what is this? Taking it as it is. Where are we going? Roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And they start to get a feel. Um, this is good yeah. for artists making friends on a personal level, but it's also good on a professional level because it allows um, people to craft their personal personalities more towards an intentional what I want to be professionally. Um, and and I, I think that bringing your personal and professional life together, um, while there is a privacy aspect that everyone's obsessed with worrying about, <laughs> um, the other half of that is we're not living near as much a double life as we did previously. There's a lot more what you see is what you get. And you're yeah. able to craft yourself on a singular level instead of dividing your band your mental bandwidth to, to to developing two different or more even more personalities, you know? So mm-hmm. um I, yeah. I, I think that's that's helpful especially to artists who are trying to um present themselves as valuable to other people in order to make money, whether directly yeah. or indirectly. So. Well,
2: in the the modernist those modern modernist divisions really were a fracturing of the psyche, a fracturing of the self selfhood, or the experience of selfhood that hasn't been good. It's been very destructive. So, um, you know, the and you know, so it, it it'll be interesting to see um, how things go. But I mean, I th- I still think like the most powerful things are still like dinner with your family, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, um, obviously worship and the word and sacrament, you know, are at the yeah. heart of it. And so, um, uh, but, but I, I know, um, I have to work really hard to not just look judgmentally down at the next generation or the next, you know, the newest generation that just have no sense of privacy. They're like, Hey, here I am doing this thing and I'm like, <laughs> do you have followers? Do you not? You're like what what are we doing? Right. Like, but the the yeah. the, med- the mediation of selfhood through this through a screen isn't mm-hmm. is is just that is no, that's the norm. Everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up that way. Um so uh, you and but I don't want to look at them and say in my day we didn't have that because in my day we had incredibly shattered selfhoods with existential problems all over like mean, I'm Gen X yeah. we were the worst mm-hmm. <laughs> we we're, we we mm-hmm. brought cynic, cynical cynicism to everything and you know we we did a lot of the melting down i mean it was my generation that set fire to a lot of the foundations that they have to live without right, right. and so i so i um i don't want to um i don't want to Act like things were good back when I was there because we were burning down things that now they're like, I've never experienced true community. Like, yep, that was my fault. <laughs> that was my generation did that. Sorry. Well, that was that <laughs> was was
4: that b- Gen X or was that the Boomers? It was like
1: I'd say both, probably right.
2: I, I know everyone goes I think Boomers, it was,
1: Boomers, but I think it's uh, the the war yeah, th- of the two.
2: I think it. Yeah, it was the it was the uh, the the. Fight between the boomers and the Gen X that did it.
4: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can see that. Brendan, you've had yeah. a lot of thoughts going through your face. I can. I can see them clearly. What, well, I mean,
5: go ahead. Well, one, how did we get to hear from AI? But aside from that, well, um... I, we can
1: come back and circle back around. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to talk more on this. This is good stuff. This is artist this important is stuff.
5: stuff. No, but, 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 I, I, I kind of want to push back a little bit. Because I'm not sure it was Uh, necessary. Yes, our worldview, the modernist worldview is fractured. Yes, cynicism, yes, nihilism, yes, all of that stuff caused a whole lot of issues. I'm not sure if the example of I have to put on a face while being in high school and then I go home and I can finally be myself. I'm not sure that is an example of a shattered psyche. Because, and and the reason why, is because there are... When you're in a society, you have to abide by certain rules. And there are elements to yourself that need to be tempered um, when you are out in public. And I think that one of the, I would argue, flaws... Of the shattering of this, oh, our private is our public life, is um, twofold. One, now we don't have now we don't have a failsafe against us actually trying to make ourselves into our own image, or or trying to make God into our image, i.e., transgenderism. And two, um, when you had that sort of societal expectation, sort of there. That acted almost like a bulwark to prevent you from going down those roads in the first place because you could only do that in your spare time at home alone in your, you know, in your, in the safe, safety of your house. But because you're not practicing it for eight hours a day, it makes it really hard to practice it in the four hours you are at home or however many. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense, but um, I, I like overall. I uh, like agree with the sentiments that you're saying. I just I wonder if uh, I wonder because I wonder if that's really I I I wasn't there, so I don't know if Gen X actually burned stuff to the ground. But I'm but I'm sitting here looking at 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 like both my generation and the next generation and i'm going their psyche is just as shattered if not more shattered
2: mm-hmm.
5: you know right that's why i threw my pen well in, <laughs> in
2: in terms of burning it to the ground maybe we didn't but that's how we talked about what we were doing right so you've, right. you you know, and you've got the okay. um that view of things is you know let's burn it all down let's burn it to the ground that just the kind of the Pretty punk sure. rock mentality. So, but man, maybe it's not maybe it's not uh, we aren't the ones that actually did it, but I think we wanted to have been the ones that did it m- minimally. You at but, least encouraged um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the but I I think I think you're right that the societal expectations um are a good thing, right? That that we mm-hmm. wouldn't want to live without those. Um I well, think the far
5: as they come from a good place. I.e. Chris Right,
2: yeah. Um, well, and, yeah, cause I guess if it's like, you know, if you're living in communist Russia and the societal expectations are, you turn your neighbor in.
1: Victorian England, um, anybody?
2: To the Gestapo? <laughs> Do they? The, did the Victorian England have a Gestapo? I uh, know, but the, they, but 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 they
1: did have a completely shun you from the entirety of the civilized world. You have to go with the drunkards and the and the workmen, you know, caste <laughs> caste system. And so my my right. po- my point being that like human, th- there's there's manners. Which is really what we're talking about—manners and etiquette. Yeah, right. And then there's caste systems, and there's a very thin line to where we start turning things into caste systems, and that's what I'm arguing against more so than manners. Of course, we need manners. Of course, we need to go against people who are specifically pushing the Overton window to where manners don't exist anymore. Um, but the 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 uh, it, it, was, it was really funny. I had I had this conversation with Knox at um lebanon lebanon fight laugh feast and uh toby as well um because i wore i don't know if you remember jason you were there i i wore a ra- a rainbow kilt and uh you know I don't remember. yeah i i, ha- I had a, a i have a kilt that, that has different plaid colors on it mixed in with brown and it's a rainbow utility kilt and i wore that with with okay. with with a with a dragon Hawaiian shirt and my top hat and that's part of what I do to get noticed right and so I'm going full-on Ken Ham Rainbow oh boy does it work yes it works (laughs) (laughs) nobody nobody forgets me (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody forgets me that's the thing right and 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 it is an opening conversation to why do you wear a kilt are you Scottish yes but also Presbyterian to go for it. You know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That aesthetic dragons, uh, duh. Dragons are amazing. And you know, the, the, the haunted cosmos <laughs> conversation surrounding dragons. And then you can go Hawaiian. Hawaii was one of the godliest nations on earth. Uh, top hat. Why am I doing all of this PT Barnum and advertising and doing something wild and unconventional in a way that gets attention. Right. And so it all connects but the point is that i'm I'm not doing it to break etiquette. and if I ever do break etiquette like they gave me uh uh for for the Knoxville one, they gave dress code for yonder child because of me. <laughs> but like cool, I have no problem. I have no problem uh going back to whatever I'm doing, right and and whatever you need me to do, I'm happy to be that man. be all things to all people, like like the scripture says, right. um but it's just one of those things where. There's etiquette and then there's a caste system as far as I see it. What do, what do you think?
2: I mean, I I know there are definitely we've had societies that have a caste system that's sort of an official caste system. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the in one sense the caste system is unavoidable. It's just whether or not the caste system is impenetrable and I think that's when it's a problem. So, um you know that there are people. People are gonna find themselves organized around whatever the principles are. Right. And the only place that it's that it should be disallowed is in church. Yes. Right. In church, we're specifically commanded that it's a caste-free community. Um. But I. But I don't. You know. I. I don't. I don't have a problem with neighborhoods and you know, sure. um, with that, you know, you've, the big houses are on that side of town. The small houses are on that side of town. You know, I don't have, I don't think that we need to, that those are necessarily problems. So long as when everybody comes to worship, um, they understand they're worshiping on the, the, the only footing of Christ and him crucified, you know, that right. sort of, that sort of thing. And I think that's what keeps the peace between, you know, caste systems, uh, or within unofficial caste systems when the when you have um in in pagan societies when the caste systems are considered uh um ontological caste systems um that causes all sorts of problems i guess you should also not have a caste system in the courtroom. before the law everyone should be equal as well um and that's a, that is one of the problems in our society. The richer you are, the easier it is to get off right now. Um, yeah. So, uh, so it's not the caste system necessarily that's a problem. Right. Um, but uh, the, yeah, there's definitely that when the caste system is, um, you know, the, uh, when they don't allow move, tribal, movement maybe. between, yeah, yeah when it there's becomes no, tribal. When it's yeah. impenetrable. Yeah, impenetrable tribal that sort of caste system causes all sorts of problems, like you know? footloose, and it's everything from <laughs> yeah, right. it's it's everything from like you know you if you if if it's like oh yeah I I can steal from that person because they're not one of us right, right? that you know mm-hmm. then you know you've got a caste system that's that's not the right kind or that's that's a, the wrong kind yeah so
1: coming back around um, to AI. Uh, let's talk generative AI, uh, not just generative, you could do modification AI for, um, there's both versions for voices specifically. Um, this is one of those areas that a lot of people get very weird, especially people who have very high respect for uh, words and the word, and might even have some of our leanings into the 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 magic of words that the the universe was yep. made with words. So, what are you, what are your thoughts on that process, both the uh, generative AI where you're actually creating something from a voice, you know, text prompt, you know, that sort of a thing, and and uh, and and necromancing, joking a voice out of something, right? Uh, <laughs> or or um uh unless you think that which go ahead but uh the the um uh or modification where you're doing a voice changer to sound like someone yeah. else right so
2: well i i do think it's really interesting now that you that they've got those the ai where you can put your text in and you get it read to you in a particular voice mm-hmm. i it and I, you know, I saw a recording of Snoop Dogg reading the Bible. It just and that just cracks me up. Like <laughs> that's, a, and so I think there's the possibilities for satire and things. I think are it are opened up by that, and and I think we've got a pretty solid satire law, as long as the satire laws are being enforced in in AI. I think that it'll be fine. I I think that um. And, you know, having, you know, like, I I have listened through the whole New Testament read by James Earl Jones. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. by Johnny Cash. Yes,
1: Johnny Cash right? is like, amazing. And,
2: and, but those are real, like real recordings, and it's there's something I think powerful about you know listening to uh, a guy like Johnny Cash read the Bible. Um yep. That you know is really fun. I do. Um, you know, I do, I do wonder like, are we going to not trust, are we, are we going to lose more and more trust as, as some of this AI goes and we don't know how to deal with it? We don't have, um, AI deep fake, um, ability to to catch it and that sort of thing. Um, but like, you know, I've, I've got a really cool set of CDs. This is, you know, how old I am. I love CDs. A really cool set of CDs of um, the earliest recordings of poetry that they have, right? And so you've got um, T.S. Eliot reading his own poetry, um, and you have, uh William Butler Yeats reading his own poetry, right? That was really scratchy early recordings, all the way back to, um, I think, the very first poem that was ever recorded um, on. Uh, on the well, here I've got some right
4: here. If I remember correctly, the first recording on the original phonograph was "Mary Had a Little Lamb," which is technically a poem.
2: Oh, technically a poem—that's true. We got these Edison records. Yes. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, the uh, it was uh oh the guy that was the poet laureate in England at the time, and it was uh, "The Charge of the Light Brigade." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. which is a, escaping my um it'll it'll come to me in the middle of the night I'll i think you talked about him re- on
1: the last knocks unplugged
2: <laughs> okay yeah so you've got um and then and then like Robert you know Robert Frost reading his poetry and, and listening to the recordings of that are pretty it's pretty amazing like i think that it's it's so if you could figure out how to um you know use AI to recreate that sort of thing. I think that there's value in that uh, um, educational value and, and to be able to take some of those recordings and use AI to take the scratches out to get, Mm -hmm. you know, here's what it would have sounded like in person. I think there's, there's really real value to some of that um, as a poet. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, Necessarily want to put my poetry out all read by doc- by Snoop Dogg or Doctor Dre. If I they wanted to read my poetry, I think I would totally be okay with them doing that. But I don't know if I would want to use AI. Maybe that's just the purity of the artist. So you know the issue.
1: You know the letter that Tolkien wrote um, that where he was talking about Frodo's nobility and like uh, the fact that he he did break, he did fail but there was there was still honor in that you know that he carried it to the breaking point um i actually heard someone put that in J.R.L. Tolkien's voice on TikTok. See, that and I listened to it. That sounds amazing. It was. And then my other half was, oh dear, he would be rolling in his grave if that was a thing. <laughs> well,
4: well, he, he's creating his, he's creating his own source of energy. We should just be plugging wires into his grave. Right. Yeah. Between that and rings of power, that's how we get solved. The, the energy, crisis, Free there energy. You know. Yeah. yeah. I,
2: I love I love how crabby Tolkien was. Yes. I love it. it just makes me happy his, well, his letters, but he's also he's also you know he can be incredibly gracious too as well, which I think is I, I don't think we we don't have that sort of category where you know it's like the 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 grumpy uncle that's, who that's also I- Ian would Wilson be... <laughs> you know in our in our group You're not wrong <laughs> he's our grumpy but if, uncle. But, but if you need, if you were going to show up a drunk at somebody's door at one in the morning, needing a new place to stay, Tolkien would be the one yes. that pulled you inside, right? He'd be oh, yeah. the he, he, So he, he's he's simultaneously both of those guys.
1: <laughs> Let me just point out one other thing about that. Um, with Tolkien, uh, as soon as I heard that, I said, "So you, there's a chance. There's a chance I can hear him read um, the 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 Tower of Kurathungul." Like, oh, my word, right? Like uh, uh, Sam in the Tower of um And then the other thing that immediately flashed to my mind is I don't have recordings of my dad reading me Narnia. I don't have anything like that, but I might be able to recreate it from some of his recordings when I start, you know, finish learning how. and And the fact mm-hmm. that I might be able to hear my dad read me Narnia again when he's passed away just, you know, absolutely blows my mind. And, and the fact that I can give that possibly to my children to my voice first, and then their grandfathers, you know, and, and when yeah. whatever else that, that absolutely blows my mind. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, there's, there's good and amazing possibilities. Now it's, it, here's the, yeah. here's the thing that I think a lot of people are going to say, you're focusing on all the positive. What about all the negative? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and you, you mentioned some negative things and, um, what do you think are it, it, i think it sounds like the main thing you're worried about is people trying to lie with ai like that's the yeah. biggest hurdle
2: yeah i think that that is something that i think we're going to have to figure out i also think just the um one of the i think one of the central purposes of art is to connect people to people right you connect you sort mm-hmm. of for my my humanity resonates across the the medium of whatever the art is to your it resonates with your humanity and there's a real mm-hmm. fellowship that happened that can happen across space across time um but also happen in proximity to art as it's being created in the performing arts and um that i think that I, that i do worry um will be uh undercut by people's experience, you know, similar to like, you know, if, if somebody, if I can walk through target and get a Monet um, or a print of a Monet and the, I sort of have the illusion that I have experienced Monet. And so I maybe decide, well, I don't need to go to a museum when Monet comes through. I've seen a Monet. I've got one, a print of, I've got a poster of one in my room. Um, I, I do wa- I, I do worry that just that that our humanity will suffer when they're when at the devaluation de devaluation
1: devaluation the unvaluation un-valu-
2: the devaluation thank you the devaluation of of original art maybe um, mm-hmm. you know my my wife and I have spent years trying to build up an art collection enough that we can have all only original art in the house um yeah. and that's something that we just set our mind to early on and said we value the the connection and the um and the the production of art and so we're gonna pay for it we're gonna um you know pay to have you I mean, we can we can get um um a monet and put it on the wall at target or uh but it's not it's not the same as being able to say yeah. This art is the original. Here's where we got it. Here's the artist. Mm-hmm. We try to meet the artist that we buy art from as much as, as often as we can. Um, and, and um, so we, it took 20 some years to, to mm-hmm. get to that point. Um, but it was, it, it's a conviction that um, uh, the value that art is valuable and we're going to put money towards it. So, I th- I worry that that is going to be lost, um, but I know that that has happened over and over when they started recording music. You hear, p- you see people writing about the concern that live music is not going to be valued as much, and and it still is. Um, you, know, I'm taking my my 18 uh, year old son and his friend to their first concert over in Seattle. Go see Worry Club. A, uh, um, a you know, go. Go watch a live band, and you know we go see live music all the time, and uh, um, so uh, you know, and I can get recordings of the best music in the world, but I'd rather see live music than the best music in the world um, Mm -hmm. recorded. So, so that I mean, those are all super art artsy concerns.
4: (laughs) Yeah, but that's less philosophical. That's what we're kind of discussing here, though. I mean, it's Poets at War, we're talking about the effects of it on the artist. I'm not an artist. I'm artist-adjacent. But do you think that there's a a difference between, uh, like you mentioned CDs or even phonographs or digital recording, as a change in the distribution mechanism as opposed to what generative AI is, which is a change in the production mechanism? Do, Do you think that there is a... Do you think that there is a substantial difference between those two things? Um. I th- I think there is, but I don't know.
2: I, people are so fundamentally the made in the image of a creative god that mm-hmm. we will take anything and create with it. I mean, what I I love yeah. just the art of of spinning records, DJing, um scratching records, right? You literally didn't create anything except for you did, mm-hmm. right? right? You took yeah. other people's stuff and you mixed it and you, mm-hmm. and you scratch it and write you. So you, a new art arises out of mm-hmm. other people's art and the combination of art. Yeah. So I think the, that, um but generative AI, it's a, is a different, is a different sort of thing. Um mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how people use it because I don't think it's going to be yeah. as straightforward as like when I use it, it's like hey, show me a, uh, a a puppy riding on the back of a bear that's snowboarding you know and and, mm-hmm. and they just make the thing and then I say, oh, I like that one. I don't have mm-hmm. there's but there is a real art to how to use the tool. oh yes um, yeah, that I think people are going to get good at. Um, and use in the same sort of way that you've got, uh, you know, kind of, uh, um, I mean, I, 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 remember when, um, when you really, when like house music really started to take over and cracking jokes about, oh, it's just music made by robots for robots. Um, but seeing what people have done with that, with the tools, to make music um, compared to when they first started to be used. Um, now, I, I don't think of it that way at, at all. I've changed my tune and and think, like, mm-hmm. no, actually, you can, you know, seeing the things that people have done with those tools, just because when they first came out, it all just sounded like music for robots by robots. Yeah. Um, the humans have a way of taking the tools God gives them and getting and being artistic that always blows my mind yeah. that's one of my favorite things about people is how people mm-hmm. they are that's one of the things yeah. that
1: was with... so, so... you want to go ahead alex or you want me to bring up the way i do a little bit of my stuff
4: um i'll go ahead go man. ahead yeah you i'll hold it um so you're seeing it as you're saying yes it is a different thing but just because it's a different thing doesn't mean the same principles don't apply that humans exactly actually create actual art that connects on an actual level with the humanity of people with the AI, because it's not the AI doing it. It's the person doing it. It's the prompter. It's actually getting that done. Yeah. It's and the prompter. Then that and then, and then insane.
2: yeah. And then the, eye, the, the artistic eye to be able to pick out which is the, mm-hmm. which one is better. And then the adjustments yeah, yeah. that are made and all of that. I do think that, but it, but I think it's, we're so early on that it, mm-hmm. um, that it does still all feel like robots and, and, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be people that get really good at it, mm-hmm. but the, the illusion is always going to be, well, I could have done it because the AI did it. And mm-hmm. that's when we, when we get beyond that level, um, mm-hmm. then we're starting to talk about art. And I, and I don't think we are. Yeah. Yeah um, and, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I might be wrong about this one. This one's just a guess, um, but what I mean, I think of it very similar to um, you know the uh, a drum machine, right? We you used to be able to to nail from. Thirty miles away. Oh, that's those are drums and drums in a box is what you, we used to call them, right? Except a drummer, right? So in... In the drummer, right? So I played drums.
1: Anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> <laughs>
2: great. Um, but you you think like this is drum drums in a box, electric drums, um, and then just the drum machine. Um, it was it was rare that you got something, uh something. Great. I mean, you had the the gorillas. Uh, Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. was straight out of a box. But other than that, you, there was really nothing that you'd say like that was great, even though it just was drums in a box. Most of the time, um, you looked da- you looked down on it because you could tell. Now, a number of times, I've thought, is that drums in a box or not? I can't tell anymore because the people that are using the tool have gotten so good at it, and that's yeah. the I think that's the thing that makes makes it art is the people the people's use of the tool. Um, So I I think of it similar to a drum machine.
4: Mm -hmm. And and yeah, absolutely. And the important part being in the usage is exactly what Joshua is going to be bringing up here.
1: Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing that... Um, i've had to convince people of and when i when i create and 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 share a you know basically as a, a sl- uh, animated slideshow story um is that i didn't just prompt x number things <laughs> and then get the be- pick the best one and then throw it in the editor and put it all together i actually most of my art and i'm getting better as i do this but the thing that i'm pioneering into is a is a technique that's essentially you get anywhere from like three to 15 really good ones that are about what you're trying to get at even with all the imperfections you throw them in an editor and what you do is you start erasing this erasing Mm -hmm. that and you start putting the different backgrounds together you know the different layers together and also coming in with a brush and you know blurring a little bit here you know doing a little bit here as far as uh procreate is what i use mostly for that and so it's not just one thing uh and then also even before that i'm using a lot of image to image generation where i'm essential, but I, but I, what i'm doing is i'm photoshopping essentially like you would think photoshop right um find someone who looks vaguely like the character that i want to use right and then okay they need armor okay they need you know to be have their arm moved to this pose okay they need you see what i'm saying and i get it in yeah, a really yeah. crappy terrible photoshopped way and then i let the art uh uh uh, filters and things do their thing and get about 15 of those and then you know do like it's work it's real real work to get a good result but it's using um a computer to give you options to give you uh a thing lines that you didn't know because i'm not a line artist i can paint kind of uh, if I really, really try hard, but I, I know color and I know what I'm what, uh, cinematography and I know what I want to see, but I can't quite get,
5: the,
1: I can't do the line work. I've never been able to crack line work. And so this is like revolutionary for someone like me to where all of my artistic eye from a camera perspective and from a color perspective can actually be used now. Right. And I don't don't think people are realizing what that can do for someone who has Mm -hmm. three quarters of the skills that they need to do something, but they they would never be able to do any of it professionally without, you know, you see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that's the, 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 the it's still a, a matter, you know, art is still a matter of being transformed into the person that can create it, right? So you can't just say, make me a beautiful painting to AI. Um, you have to actually be able to recognize a beautiful painting uh, uh, um, because if you can't, then it doesn't even matter. If it gives you four options, you just say, "Okay, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take that one." You've actually got to be able to mm-hmm. say, "Oh, that one's well composed, and that one's not." And it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, make sure that it doesn't have six fingers, and so it's not exactly. actually uh, accidentally a nephilim that you made. Inigo
1: Montoya is, oh. isn't going to come in and be upset. Like... <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the uh, I was going to say, Brendan, do you, do you have something? Because you've been quiet for a little while. I wanted to. Yeah, Brendan was... hasn't.
4: Brendan hasn't said anything
1: while
5: wow. i i don't have any well i have a thought but it's not specifically about ai exactly that's okay you can um, go in a
1: different direction brett uh jason and- just so just so i was i was thinking based on our previous ones i was thinking two ish hours roughly but if you need to go before that totally fine i'm not trying to keep you after that though because i want to respect your time all right sounds good okay
5: so i'll try to make this quick um you, you mentioned Ian Wilson, so... No, that we—that you know, means
1: 45 minutes, Brendan.
5: He <laughs> he, he, and I uh, agree on one thing, although I'm not sure I can exactly articulate it amazingly, but I'll do my best.
0: But before you do your best, Brendan, let us get to our sponsors once again, then back to the trenches on Poets at War. This is a public service announcement for listeners and followers of Poets at War. Confess your sins and follow on Christ. Do not wait. The enemy takes every opportunity to turn you toward his side and destruction. Always remember, when it comes to your own heart and soul.
5: It is good. Hello, I'm Sarah Levesque, editor in chief of Logo Sophia magazine. I would like to invite you to explore our Pilgrim's Journal of Life, Love, and Literature, both in visual format and in podcast format. Our goal is to help bridge the gaps between different Christian denominations and traditions. Please visit our website at mag.com to read or listen to stories, articles, poetry, and more. All for free. We
2: look forward to journeying with you.
0: We now return you to our war meeting in the trenches on Poets at War. Um,
5: God made the world. I have a whole soapbox about nature spirits. I'm not getting into that. Um... But one of the things that like I when I do my drawings, my general preference is to draw on paper and pencil. Right. And then if I am going to digitally do it, I take a picture and then I do the digital line art of the scan over top of the basic drawing, because that's more comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point I was. Thinking about this and I'm wondering, is a digital piece of art less real than a piece of art drawn on physical paper. And I haven't come to a conclusion really, I'm open to whatever, because part of me is like, no, it's the drawing, it's the visuals, it's the that sort of thing that is being received by the eyes. It doesn't matter if it's on a piece of paper or on a computer screen, it still has, it's that, that is the thing. But there's some part of me that sort of has this sort of, I don't want to call it mysticism, because that's going to raise all kinds of alarm bells, but <laughs> that sort of thing where it's like, oh, if we, you know, taking the actual real world pieces, mm-hmm. putting them together, combining them with your hands and stuff and doing like that, rather than just electrons jumping around inside a computer's chip, which was also made with hands. Which so is also physical there. matter. <laughs> which is also <laughs> physical matter, but digital matter is not physical matter.
1: Yes, it is. Zeros no, and ones zeros and ones on a hard drive are no, physical they're
5: not. matter. They are conceptual. They are conceptual. They,
1: they are representative, energy, but the zeros and ones are physical matter on a hard no, drive. They're not it's, it's, like, cons- it's, it's it is it's, energy. It, matter and energy are
5: two different things. It is
1: it is like car- nah, carving carving with a pin on a grain of
5: rice. <laughs> anyway, go yeah, ahead. Nah, anyway. The what I, where I was going with the AI thing is that that sort of I sort of see a parallel between where the digital being energy yes it's on a computer chip but it's still energy and you can erase it at any time you can't erase others too obviously but it's you emp it and it goes away um that sort of connection between the physical versus the digital that thing. I see the same thing where this is human element, this is AI element, right? But we were just talking about how, well, no, it's, AI is a tool, you have to use it. So I guess, I don't know, I don't know what I'm asking, because um, I, I I I want, uh, as somebody who's trying to get it who's teaching himself 3D animation, I want stuff that's made on computers to be real and to be effective and it is effective. And I don't think we should only be using printing presses to print our books because it's horribly inefficient and would take way Mm -hmm. too long, you know? So I'm all for like physical things being made through digital mediums and all that stuff. And that's all great. Um, I guess, you know, you've already kind of answered the question where AI is not really removing the human element. Um, because you still need a human to operate the AI right now. It's we're not, we're, this isn't like the artist version of Skynet that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, um.
2: I think, I think that some of it comes down to the, the mediation of our experiences through our senses mm-hmm. um, and its relationship to the imagination. Cause if because um, I know like for example, I didn't I you know I came I didn't even have email when I went to college, right? So it's the um, and so if I read something on a screen, I don't remember it as well as if I read something physical, whereas the new the the younger generation they don't have that same their their mind interacts with screens at, as in the same way that it interacts with a page. Um, in terms of some, like reading some, some and memory of them do, it.
1: Alex. It just depends. I've I've heard people with both experiences. Yeah, yeah So I I, I yeah.
4: have as well. I'd say that's around 50-50, though. Yeah, it's not a okay. generation thing. It's a it's a brain thing. Oh, it's, some it's a brain thing. Work so, that way. I,
1: right. so, I'm of the opinion um, it's a changing brain thing over generations, and we just haven't fully changed yet. But go ahead.
2: <laughs> I think that probably that that might be the case. But but I think you know, um, Jonathan Edwards has a. Uh, some interesting essays about uh, the mediation that, that there is no, there's nothing um, that comes to us unmediated as humans. So one of the limitations that we have is that all things come to us in a mediated way. And so he says, even the word of God comes to us through vibrations um, that, that hit our ear and, you know they were discovering sound waves in his lifetime so i think he was wrestling through wait what do sound waves tell us about being human um you know the the existence of sound waves and so um but but that it acts upon but the way i think about it is it all still acts upon our imagination and our, so our experience of art um is the you know an imaginative entering in and so you can you can do that in 3d animation as well as, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 painted picture. Um, you know, cause, and it's the same with when somebody tells you a story versus reading a story, it's a different experience of it, but both of them act upon the imagination in a similar way. Um, but it, the medium does affect the communication of the message. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think there's, Better and worse ways to use media, different mediums, and probably better and worse stories to tell in different mediums. Um, you know, the stories that fit certain mediums better than others. Um, although anime, I think, probably shows us that really any kind of story can be told well in a particular medium. We just have to know how to how to use the medium well. Um, the yeah, and so like if somebody doesn't. Like anime, I just simply don't trust them ever again.
5: It's, <laughs> it, I okay,
4: it's
5: like I don't like anime. I'm like, you do realize that, and it like you just said, I don't like books, right?
2: <laughs> right, yeah,
5: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <the> <laughs> same thing,
2: yeah. It's a it's it, it's the broadest of all storytelling. I mean, it, it, right now, you can get any kind of story. Um, you know, my son is watching a volleyball anime right now, which amazes me <laughs> um but he but it, he loves it he's like well, the story's great i love the characters and it's about a, a college or a high school volleyball team it was like it's anime and that's what it, but so i think anime is probably proving the limitations of the western imagination a little bit um that mm-hmm. and the the uh, asian imagination doesn't have some of the limitations well, um, well, but which is a good thing i'm excited about that but
5: you say, but, uh, um, I just oh. said part of that is legal. Uh, there are laws around um, Western animation yeah. that were like, like, like the cow was walking and then they had to put the cow in a dress because the cow was naked and <laughs> animation is for kids. So we need to make sure that the cow is, you know, <laughs> but because, but those laws just reinforced that animation in the West is for kids. Whereas is for kids. kids yeah. Whereas in the East, they don't have that limitation.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good, I had, I didn't even, I didn't even know about that. That's amazing. And, yeah. <laughs> but it totally makes sense. Like we, mm-hmm. animation is for, and some of that is our most brilliant, our first, most brilliant animators loved kids stories. So mm-hmm. I think there's that as well. Yeah. Um, but then you got
5: Biddy Boop, but whatever. <laughs> and Max Fleischer.
4: Outliers. <laughs> yes, Outliers. Speaking, anyway,
1: Speaking was, of, sorry. well, let me just say, spe- I, I've, I've wondered your opinion on this for a little bit if you've seen it. Um, speaking of animation, Western, Eastern influences, and Max Fleischer related, uh, ha- have you seen and do you like, because uh, I know you love Dante and it's basically Dante, Over the Garden Wall.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't even make the Dante connection uh, my first time through it. The second time through it was when the, the the Dante connection, and I think somebody had mentioned it to me before I watched it my second time. And then you're like, oh yeah. The Dante connection is definitely it's right there, there. <laughs> and whether it's there because Dante is so deeply embedded in. Oh, he the said Western imagination. The, 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 Did he? The, okay. Yeah. I didn't know he, if he had ever confirmed it, but yeah, yeah cause it's definitely there. Well, that's it's why suited, he sings it out
1: in the very end when, when uh, Greg is, is singing in Latin, <laughs> that's actually a little bit of a nod to like
2: yeah. Dante and
1: everything, even though it's Italian, but yeah, you know, you get the idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah yes. Yeah. Italian's just dirty Latin. Yes, I mean it's just—it's <laughs> true. It's very it true. Is, it's low. It's low rent Latin. That's yeah.
5: Low rent Latin. <laughs> That's amazing.
2: <laughs> anyway, you're saying, Jason. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so so I think that it's that interaction between the senses and the imagination uh-huh. um, that I find really interesting, and but I, especially as because of you know books like you know things like Ecclesiastes that teach us to revel in our limitations to mm-hmm. you know embrace yeah. the limitations and say thank you for them I'm so grateful that you gave me these limitations because that makes these pleasures possible I think that um is the is where we need I think that's where we need to lean in right now in in storytelling especially I mean I I mean as fellow, Tolkien guys, I I always read Ecclesiastes in Tom Bombadil's voice in my head, and I think that <laughs> solves every exegetical problem.
5: A feast <laughs> is made for laughter, and wine makes the heart merry, but money is the answer for everything. Hey, Ecclesiastes ten nineteen.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. So as soon <laughs> yeah. as you read that all in Tom, as soon as you put it together into Tom Bombadil's voice, all of the uh, all of the difficult passages go away. Because you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, oh, so that's my favorite generative AI for voices.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh no! yes,
2: that's <laughs> what we need is to get the the Tolkien because we've got recordings of Tolkien reciting the Tom Bombadil poetry. Yeah. Oh. Just yeah, get him to enough. so, yeah, and you, you know, go. it's mm. the Tolkien translated the Book of Job for um, the Catholic the current the current Catholic English Bible.
1: Oh yeah! No, I believe it. Really? Yeah. So there's a
2: Tolkien's translation of Job out there. I've got it, you know, uh, on my shelf, and
4: that could be exhilarating. Remind me, I'm definitely not putting that in Amazon. (laughs) No, no, you are.
2: I'm
1: just saying, like, uh, 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 they should totally have. I was just saying, like, thinking of the way he reads the Rite of the Rohirrim, which is one of his most famous recordings, like how fast he's doing it. That might actually make Job better because they keep dragging on all the time. Mm-hmm. If they did it at his <laughs> cadence and his pace, that might actually make it better.
2: <laughs> um, I'd love to make a movie of Job Um You know, so that you can keep track of which characters are making which arguments and that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. the expensive part is once God shows up. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know how you. My wife. I know how I would do that.
4: Hi, hi, Casey.
6: How's it going?
2: Good. How
5: are you doing?
4: Good, good. She was at ladies' Bible study.
6: Yes was welcome back and then i tried to go to taco bell and they gave me the wrong food so now i have two meals so oh
1: yeah oh thank you appreciate it i'll <laughs> eat it later <laughs> anyway thank you appreciate generative it. ai generative food <laughs> yes yeah. there you go um, I was gonna say Tom Bombadil related uh, AI. I've I've recently been posting in the brood, which is if you didn't gather our sort of little artist group. Um, I I I was been posting um occasionally uh, some some very short prose where um, Tom Bombadil confronts Cthulhu. And it's just totally enjoyable. <laughs> just as a little little asides here or there, and it's, like just the fact that I can just say, "Give give me a thing where Tom Bombadil defeats Cthulhu with
2: song." <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's, that's incredible. We the we have a short um that we haven't released yet on lore that is called. Uh, you can get in trouble um, for this. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Okay, it's all right. It's called Lashawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's well, so the the show is called Fridge Magnet, and so it's short, experimental, I've heard about, animated. This. Yes, um, yeah. So, um, we the so we've got you know a bunch of different ones. We've got Trad Chad and Wifey about a husband and wife um, that save marriages in their neighborhood with the superpower of traditional gender roles. Um, and it's, and then, uh, Oh man, what, what else we've we got? We've got, um, the, uh, special Eddie in the social justice league. <laughs> um, it's just various intersections uniting into. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the, the pilot episode. Oh, we've got a, like a hyper violent Samson and the the jawbone of the ass. Yes. Um, <laughs> the but the the opening the the pilot um, is called LaShawn, and it's um, a, a black aborted fetus gets magical powers or uh, survives his abortion at clanned parenthood, <laughs> and gets magical powers of song to fight transvestites and feminists. <laughs> Yes, it's so. <laughs> okay. It's it's a way of saying, "Hey, no matter what you want to do, it's not as bad as this." <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? So there, there's no there's there's nobody that uh, is doing anything that they can't say. Well, at least it's not that, right? Right,
1: uh, absolutely. So
2: yes, yeah, some of the other ones we've got oh. puberty, puberty the musical. um <laughs> <laughs> uh, a show, and uh, one called Normcore. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the most, uh, uh, the most normal man in town named Norm. Is treated like a revolutionary by all his crazy neighbors. <laughs> that's um,
4: oh, I love that.
2: So, uh, oh, the, the um, wear chinchillas. Mm-hmm. The moon is full. Watch your ankles. Um, so we've got. <laughs> so it's just like oh, funny, just experimental oh. stuff where you're tr- trying to. Give give an opportunity for, you know, artists to kind of show Mm -hmm. their stuff, to build an audience. Um, And then looking for, you know, our Rick and Morty, our family guy, our Mm -hmm. animated um, stuff that says, like, oh, we we can push the edges back here, push the edges Mm -hmm. back over there. But you got to do that by experimenting. And because, you know, you might have an idea that seems amazing. You try it out. And it doesn't work. Right. And if trying it out for an hour and a half is a, a much more expensive than trying it out for a three and a half minute short. So
1: right. Right. You know, and
2: Zoolander started out as a short. So anything can make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true.
1: Um, Alex, you got some stuff or.
4: Uh, I can't find uh, Tolkien's translation of Job. I can find his translation of Jonah, that's but not cool. Job.
2: Jonah would be good. Ooh, I, th- I thought it was. Maybe it is Jonah. I thought it was Job. It was a J-O. <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could have been Joshua. Jonah, <laughs> could have Joel, been Joel. Joel. What's funny, though, is if it's not Job, I got the Catholic Bible and read the translation of Job and not the translation of Jonah. So. There you go. There
4: <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Was it any different?
2: Um. I mean it 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 was it was just a nice new English translation that didn't particularly stand out. So maybe that's why I need Jonah in, <laughs> so maybe that's the one that has the magic in it.
1: What would be yes. your advice to people who especially Christians, especially Christian artists who are either concerned about toying with or are actively toying with uh AI and um whether they're questions surrounding uh should i be careful just in case should i not present it before certain people you know what, what are some etiquette type things that you could think of with ai um and maybe even some safety factors or whatever else but also how should you push the envelope you know like w- what what are your thoughts right now obviously that might change yeah. in the future we're pioneering but yeah
2: right totally and i i mean i I wouldn't ever present it as if it was my own art. I would always present, you know, always just be completely honest. Like, Oh, I used AI to create this, you know, I used mid journey, whatever it is. Um, and without being ashamed of it. And then, I mean, and maybe this is something that I just need to grow up in, but I don't worry about etiquette. Like (laughs) don't offend those people or those people or, you know, um, and then I try to make sure I control my own, uh, my, myself when other people present things and not be too easily offended. But, um, but I, but I think that if you're, if, if your goal is to serve your neighbor, then the presentation of your art has to be a part of that. Right. right. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why you should make art is always to serve your neighbor. I mean, you, if you're, just journaling and working through things within yourself and you have to do that, then don't, don't act like it's art and don't present it to your neighbor and that stuff you keep for yourself. And I, you know, I've got things that I've written for myself because as a work through something and, but if you're making art, it should be something you're doing for your neighbor and not for yourself. And so the presentation and the, um, is, that's what it, that's a big part of that. So, um, and it's always terrifying to present anything that you did because if it's art that's of any value, you're opening up your soul and saying, "How would you like to connect to my soul?" <laughs> and that's that's a uh, uh, that that's the the goal of it is for them to to find a somebody and say, you know, was it Lewis says that you uh, a friendship is born in the moment when you meet somebody and say, "You too," you know, that that connective. Um, power of art uh, which I which I think some sometimes people call it sacramental I don't think that's the right verb but I don't have a better verb right because yeah. I think sacramental isn't has to do with covenantal communication of covenantal relationships and realities but um, but it's something that's similar to the way God mm-hmm. communicates to us in the sacraments um, but I don't have a good verb, Yet, I do. Um, you do it's Christmassy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's I like a, it. That's actually a tra- that, that, that's trans... that's an adjective. That's a, well, yes, but still, you can use it Christmasing. You can use that. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm Christmassing this art to you. I, mm-hmm. uh, we, w- Alex and I had some big discussions not too long ago that have mm-hmm. turned into discussions about starting a um, distribution company um for media in general not just films or whatever but like specifically starting and going into uh uh essentially just media production basically the two main focuses of that business which is yet to be named um are uh to baptize the imagination of the customers and to secondarily uh but also still very primary um uh, uh, be a friend and I mean a friend in the fullest biblical sense of the word friend that sticks closer to a brother mm-hmm. to the artist's that's mm-hmm. that those are, the, those are the two main things, and that's that's the main focus of what we want to do. Um, the uh, the, the conversations that have kind of led to that was an unpacking that I was kind of doing for him, and we were having our own sort of Knox and Jason moment, I think, of uh, what the incarnation <laughs> very much so, what the incarnation means for um
4: economic reality economic
1: reality particularly in what christmas why christmas means that we live in a no sum universe why the incarnation mm-hmm. means that a non zero sum universe yeah. right because yeah. because of the way god broke the mold with gifting an infinite gift to the human race we can then mm-hmm. actually begin to give infinitely um mm-hmm. and and there there are there are ways in which we are limited still by our sin by things that we legitimately cannot give up for for for, for very specific reasons but w- we cannot outgive god <laughs> right uh post christ post the incarnation we we can't we can't outgive god um and so yeah <laughs> i see the wheels turning
2: <laughs> yeah well so i wonder if I was gonna, we called that christmasism a,
1: which is why i was saying christmasism Christ, right which is why we were, we were saying Christmas, i i brought up christmasing as a verb anyway go ahead
2: Well, mm-hmm. oh, i was i was thinking of maybe carnating
1: mm-hmm.
2: right you're not incarnating Ooh. in the giving of mm-hmm. a in the in the giving of art you're not but you are carnating you're putting flesh to your mm-hmm. flesh to your ideas or flesh Flesh to to a feeling or something, mm-hmm. and then handing it off, mm-hmm. which I guess we you know we also do when we like make somebody a pie for their birthday. That's right. We're That's carnating, right. Carnating, but it's, the, it's the especially if it's, it's part part <laughs> <project>. yeah, <laughs> if it's a carnitas pie. Yeah, I was gonna say. If it's a meat, problem is if art, it's, a, yeah, if yeah, it's car, not a caro. if it's not art made of meat, maybe it's <laughs> caro flesh. So yeah. I'm Mm-hmm.
5: Incarnate is in flesh, right? Literally.
2: Yep. So you're you're fleshing out, you're fleshing your, fleshing wrapping flesh around your ideas or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're... That actually works really well because you're taking an idea that you have. Ideas are cheap, and then actually doing the thing and giving it to somebody else. So you're right. you're making you're turning your idea your concept into a physical thing that you're giving somebody and then the gift giving is the christmasism idea the the idea right. that you're not you're not asking for something in return it uh, the subtitle that i'm workshopping right now for the book is gift giving as economic system
2: okay yep so, so... I... All right.
5: Meanwhile, there I think There's a is disagreeing with them, but that's fine. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> the, he's, guy he's the cynic.
1: Screened. Yeah, he's the cynic. So there you go. I'm I'm, I'm uh, the cynic. But There's some
2: there's a I know there's a, a Peter Lightheart essay on the on gifts and economics. Mm-hmm. Um over okay. at uh, wherever his I can't remember the name of his
4: uh the, Theopolis.
2: Theopolis, yeah. So I would I would hunt around, and he's he's written some stuff on gift giving and economics and the relationship between the two. You don't you, you don't like right you you don't like carnate carnating of ideas in as art as the, I was try, I'm just trying to find a verb. It's too carnal. I, like art. It. <laughs> I
5: think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think he was talking to me. I, I I like the concept. I just don't see how it can reasonably work when people need to eat.
2: Oh, they're, they're, the 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 concepts. well. The other
5: the other the other thing that I'm 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 kind of. Joshua and I differ in two different and on one major major thing when it comes to us creating our art. Joshua is get as much out as fast as possible in and and get it good enough so that not not get to where you're badly, not
1: sacrificing on quality for yeah. like you get good at doing quality fast <laughs> this is the way get i get at, at doing it.
5: quality fast the mcdonald's turn method the, the
1: old mcdonald's turn out method.
5: content quickly it's a it's a key turn you can he could literally hand his process to someone else and they could keep going that's his whole mm. thing
3: mm-hmm.
5: i have a very problematic perfectionist streak <laughs> And um, I know it's a problem, but part of me also really wants to make the highest quality. I want, I like to tell people, like, you know, I'm I'm an aspiring visual storyteller. My goal is to make you cry. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to feel such an intense emotional reaction from connecting with my story that you can't help but cry. That is my goal. Yeah so unfortunately what that means is well combining with the perfectionist it means that i've that i like barely ever finish anything and when i do finish something mm-hmm. i look back at it like the next day and go why that's wrong <laughs> um but except it also for the means- mushroom story well oh, the mushroom story was fun but uh, um but but it also means though that, that my I'm looking at this and that's gonna take time. I take my time, hmm. I want to get it right. It needs to be right. And that just takes time. And so hmm. that's why like I'm like I have no issue with the concepts that they put out in terms of like from a from 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 a theoretical level, I'm like, yes, I like this. But (laughs) practically, (laughs) I will have major issues with this because in the meantime, while it's taking me a long time to make sure this thing is right, Mm -hmm. I still need to be working at another job to feed my family. I need to Mm -hmm. um, be doing all of this stuff. And so it's like, okay, this isn't something that you can just jump in to the deep end Mm -hmm. and just start swimming, right? Right. Yeah. That's my whole shtick, but it's also, yeah. I don't know why I started talking about that. No, I, I think just, this is good.
1: Uh, I think this is good for people who are listening, who are like you. So Jason, what advice yeah. would you give Brendan I mean, One mothers? of my,
2: one of my favorite poets is T.S. Eliot. And one of the things that I love about him is there are a couple of poems that he published And then edited again and republished in a different volume and then edited again and republished again because he was never happy with them. And then, then the question is, well, which is the real version? And you end up actually with just three versions of the same poem. And I've actually done that where a poem that I was dissatisfied with in my, in my first volume ended up again in my third volume with a new edit um, because, uh, and I can't remember who said it, it may have been Elliot, but you don't finish a poem you are, uh, you just um, give up, right? You you mm-hmm. you just say, okay, it's got to go, um, and uh, so I think there's something noble about that. Uh, that there's the pursuit of perfection, and then you just have to figure out how to balance it with, yeah, you know, to, like, making, yeah, getting it out, getting enough content out to make money. I mean, mm-hmm. T. S. Eliot at the end of his life has one volume, you know, like his, all the poetry he's get, there's bigger volumes with other stuff that he didn't publish, but all, all the published poetry is a tiny volume. And it's because of that perfectionistic um, attitude, but it's also one of the reasons that he is so influential. Um, and it's still read is because he was so careful. Um, and then you've got guys uh, like Gerard Manley Hopkins, who um, at the end of his life asked his, his uh, best friend to burn his desk without looking in the drawers. (laughs) And of course the first thing his best friend did was look in the drawers and he found these stacks of poems um, that he'd written. And so he took them out and, and published them. And, and so you've got some that are literally just never finished because he never was going to show anybody. And you think had he understood that these were going to be such a gift to the world, um, he would have maybe edited them and completed them. And, but he was so turned in on himself and perfectionistic that he couldn't even show his poetry. And, and, but I, I mean, his poetry is, I think some of the best written in English. Um, and, mm-hmm. but, uh, so, you know, there there's, that's the, that's the ditch on the, the far side is, you know, the stuff just never gets out. So
1: yeah, that was talking and and, you know, too. It,
2: you know, it is. Yeah. And, you know, early on I realized as a screenwriter, That if you couldn't produce fast enough, you couldn't be a pro. And I wanted to be a pro. And so you have to also, you know, learn to say, I'm just going to produce. You know, you get, and you, you know, you know this as an editor, you get hired to do a job, you just do the job and you turn it in. I get, you've been hired to write scripts, you just write the script, turn it in, do the edits, turn it back in, do the edits, turn it back in, then you're done. And there's different kinds of projects too. So,
1: Uh, one of the things uh, there's room for those perfectionist projects. I definitely want to stress that. Um, but the, the thing I was going to mention was with Christmasism, uh, concept that we have, I think the, the, the other thing that I wanted to get across is I work part-time for my church part-time random editing jobs as well. That's how, that's part of how Brendan and I know each other is through yonder child media, uh, Adrian rink, those guys. Um, and so like we, we, um, <clears throat> I, I do freelance stuff and I work for my church part-time and we get by and it's a thing where I'm at a point where uh, I have enough part-time stuff that I can't go searching for full-time <laughs> and I've, I've been worked into a corner by God to where if I'm not mm-hmm. doing as much of my own work, I'm not on anyone's, on, on anyone's radar. And I've uh, by trying to give people a gift, here's my YouTube shorts, just because that's what I have time to do. Here's my gift to you. Right. As as pitiful as it is. Right. Um, Continually giving gifts has put me in the position where people are giving gifts back to me and allowing me to do the thing that I need to do in order to make bigger and better gifts because mm-hmm. they see that oh this guy gives good gifts we should put him in a place where he can give more good gifts right <laughs> and so yeah. there's a there's a gifting of the economy that's going on there um that mm-hmm. I was completely unaware of when I was working um uh, and I'm not saying I wouldn't ever work you know another full time. of course i would you know i'd, I'd work the most menial job i, I possibly could because i i don't want to be a bad father <laughs> you know i mean a bad husband and so like i if i'm if i'm shoveling poop in a zoo you know for 18 hours a day in the in the blazing hot georgia sun mm-hmm. like fine you know but mm-hmm. as as i have let go of things need to be perfect and focused on giving more gifts I find that my gifts get better and I get put in a position to make better gifts.
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Um and and yeah. l- the letting go of those sorts of things has really helped me. And that might not be everyone's experience cuz God has a different idea for everyone's life and he's teaching different people different things. But I think that there is a principle to if it, 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 it's not karmic, it's not that simple, but one of the ways to act like Jesus is to give gifts because he, you know, that that's, that's the first thing we see him doing in the fact of the incarnation. Right. (laughs) I'm going to be with you. I'm condescending to be with you. That's the greatest gift that could ever be given. It's why we celebrate the greatest gift giving holiday that has ever existed. Right. And so to me, in trying to, and, and, and not even on a trying level, on a letting go level and and, and being like, okay, well here here's here's my terrible gift. <laughs> I just grabbed the first thing I could think of nail clippers, right? <laughs> here's here's some nail clippers. Um, God rewards that over time, you know and and that's just been interesting and amazing to watch. and I think that it is a fabric of reality kind of thing that he's
2: baked in, you know. So and one but it's one that is you can't you can't manipulate yes. and control like yep. it's it's Exactly. It's beyond our ability to manipulate and control something like that and that's I think one of the the blessings of it. Yes. um is you have to trust the Lord. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> not it, not your own sure. ability um which is something that we Oh, we all need more practice in <laughs> yeah
1: well, i'm gonna wrap the main portion of the podcast there we have like seven minutes if you're fine with it for anything else you guys wanted to get out um everyone be your family's bar do not turn to the right or to the left and the lord will be with you wherever you go we'll see you next time in the trenches on poets at war are they gonna do the thing they did the thing Anyway, <laughs> oh, Jason did it! Yay! <laughs>
0: For more conversations with artists in the trenches of this war of poets, visit JoshuaDavidLing.com. God of
1: Song said.